Summer's almost here. Yay, right? So, when's the last time you tried on your swimsuits and summer clothes? If you could get back into summer shape in one visit, would you do it? Here's Dr. Brian Strand for Sonobello to explain. It really is quite remarkable. Sonobello doctors use a technology called microlaser fat removal, and the results are amazing. We customize your procedure to accomplish your goals. Just share with us the problem areas where you'd like the fat in inches removed. And in one visit, they're gone, permanently. I can't tell you how often I hear clients say how many years they've been trying to diet and exercise those inches away. And we did it in one comfortable visit. It's time to get your summer on. Visit any of our Sonobella locations across the U.S. And right now, you can save $250. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com apply. That's Amazon.com apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide, including AM 580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, WPUL AM 1590 in Daytona Beach, Florida, KOHI AM 1610 in St. Helens, Oregon, KHRO AM 1150 in El Paso, Texas. And for more information on becoming a professional broadcast affiliate of the Exxon Radio Show, visit www.xzbn.net or call toll-free worldwide 1-800-610-7035. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. 
It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and on Star Cable. If you'd like to give us a call toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. All right, Exxon Nation, it is official. Starting November 2010, the Exxon Radio Show will be broadcasting live on television and on radio from the brand new theater studios of NNTV in Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. It's going to be streamed right around the world. It's going to be carried by satellite. We're going to be on Kojiko Cable throughout Ontario, and it's it's just wonderful. We're very happy that that the good people at NNTV, uh, you know, thought enough of the show to make us part of their daytime programming. So that's starting November 2010, the Exxon TV, the Exxon Radio Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, is going to be on NNTV. And um, we're going to have a link. Well, actually, if, if you go to exxonpodcast.com and at the very top of the page is the brand new NNTV promotional video that was just put out yesterday. And uh, you can actually see what this great network is all about. That's um, at exxonpodcast.com. My first guest tonight, Exxon Nation, is Carolyn C.J. Jones. And we're going to be talking about the Gates of Grace. In the past decade, award-winning author and photographer Carolyn C.J. Jones has evolved from living on a sailboat to a landlubber, married to single, drinking to sober, nurse to author, photographer, publisher, and finally, from from van living to homeowner. Now, in the early 2000s, Carolyn traveled uh, the western United States and Mexico for three years while photographing or photographing dozens of gates. She says hundreds of gate images from her journeys uh, is what is in this new book of hers called Gates of Grace. And um, we're going to be talking to Carolyn this very first hour about her travels, going from boat resident to landlubber, and how these experiences and her traveling across the western United States and into Mexico have changed her life. That's coming up this hour here in the X-Zone when my guest, when I return from this two-minute commercial break, is Carolyn C.J. Jones. Now, her website, very simple, www.gatelady.com. That's www.gatelady.com. And uh, Carolyn and I will be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the X-Zone radio show starts for today, Thursday, August the 26th in the year 2010. Once again, if you'd like to visit us online, www.exxonradiotv.com. And if you'd like to see that all-new NNTV promo, which, you know, yours truly is in it, visit www.exxonepodcast.com. It's at the very top at exxonepodcast.com. 1-800-610-7035, toll-free worldwide. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com on MSN Messenger. Exxon Radio TV at Hotmail.com. I'll be back on the other side of this two-minute break with Carolyn C.J. Jones as the Exxon continues from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. We'll be back in two.
Rob. Nation, Carolyn C.J. Jones is my special guest. You know, and I'm so excited to have Carolyn with us. I actually gave you the title for her book that is yet to be released that she's still working on in Title Gates of Grace. We're going to be talking about opening the gates of the heart, a journey of healing. And Carolyn, welcome back to the Exxon. Great having you with us. And uh, you know what? I'm sorry about that. I just got so excited. Oh, that's okay, Rob. And thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on. Well, we're glad you're with us. Uh, I have to ask you... Uh, why would somebody not want to live on a boat? Why would somebody actually want to go from being a living on a boat to being a landlubber? Well, I actually wasn't prepared to make that mm. change at the time I did, but it came about that I needed to leave my marriage, and that's where we were living, so I, I had to move off the boat. So let me see. You went from water to land living in your van, on the road as a single woman. What was that experience like? Um, Living in the van, it was pretty frightening, but um, exhilarating at the same time. I mean, everything was new and Mm -hmm. fresh, and I had pretty great hopes to find happiness on a road trip that I was planning on taking. But at the same time, Rob, I realized that I was a single woman and alone, and that that could be dangerous. So that was somewhat frightening. But I kept a good awareness of my surroundings and the people nearby me. I I put into play things that I learned in a how to prevent rape class that I took once, like walking with authority at night, mm-hmm. that type thing. Um, and I only stayed in designated campgrounds where there were other people. But I think the most frightening thing for me was to realize that the vehicle maintenance was up to me. I mean, when I was married, my husband maintained the vehicles. So all of a sudden, I was the one responsible. And that really frightened me. In fact, once I found myself on the top of a mountain with a flat and a flat spare. Ooh. But luckily, as it turns out, the spare was drivable. But that really woke me up to the need for me to pay attention to my maintenance. And then I injured my dominant wrist in a work accident and needed major surgery to fix that. So the last two of the three years in the van found me frantically looking for um, housing where I could live that was affordable and accessible so I could have this surgery. And toward the end there, Rob, I found myself without a place to stay for the night. 
I'd get really bummed and depressed and I'd drive to the local Motel 6 and eat ice cream and watch Law & Order reruns all night. <laughs> My heavens. Yeah, I was pretty down. But I finally found an apartment to rent and permanently moved out of the van and I did have the surgery, and my van has been in storage now for almost two years, it's been. So tell me, where did you find the strength to keep on going when there were times when you just said, oh, geez, this is it, just going to eat myself to uh, to oblivion with ice cream and watching Law & Order? Well, to be honest with you, I found it from the program that I was following in my sobriety. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to focus on the moment. I tried to do what was right in front of me to do. Um, I focused on grad things I was grateful for. And I enjoyed those moments with my ice cream and law and order. And then I prayed a lot for strength to go on, and that helped me. You went from drinking to sobriety. Uh, how challenging was that? Well, it was pretty challenging at first. You know, some days still it's challenging, but some days it's not. I mean, I don't have the urge to drink now, but mm -hmm. sobriety means more than just not drinking. It's a state of serenity and a state of spiritual connection. And occasionally I lose that these days, but um, I'm able to get myself back on track to serenity with a few simple steps like I pray or I talk to others or I focus on what's in front of me. Um, but at first, Rob, I was really, really distraught over an unrequited love. That's why I had actually left my marriage, because I had developed feelings for this other man. And... I thought he returned them, so I left to make myself available mm -hmm. and found out that he didn't share the feelings. So I was devastated. And so here I was alone and terrified, and even though I put my um, brave face forward, there were many, many times that I wanted to drink early on and even occasionally felt sobriety wasn't worth it. But I did learn that it was absolutely worth it, and to stick through anything that happened to come along and just not drink. Um, but so that was my biggest challenge was during the early days. So, what was your most awe-inspiring moment that you learned about yourself? Oh, the most awe-inspiring moment was when I discovered my life's purpose. And what is that? I was talking to a gentleman. He was sharing about the pain that he was still feeling in his life because of past ridicule mm -hmm. and verbal abuse that he had received, and he just couldn't seem to get past it. Well, that was part of my history, and I had been able to start getting past it through uh, things like getting therapy and a lot of reading. I did a lot of reading by people like John Bradshaw, um, Claudia Black. Those are two that come to mind, especially Claudia Black was very meaningful for me. But at any rate, um, so I, 
I apparently touched a cord in this gentleman because I, I told him of my experience. And he was so touched to have some solutions that he started crying. Wow. And as I walked to my car, I started crying because I realized that, um, I mean, I had been praying to God to let me die because I didn't feel there was any purpose to the suffering I'd gone through in my life. And I just didn't want to go on. And I realized that I, in fact, that my life's experience and, and the way that I had done to get out of it actually was of use to someone. And there was a purpose in that. And I realized that it was in my book and that the key for me was that I put myself in my book and that was for the world and that my life had purpose. And that was the biggest aha moment for me. I would imagine that there are times in one's life, and and I'm sure everyone has done it, where you actually take a good, hard, honest look at yourself. And I think that that's the point in one's life where everything starts to turn around. Because you here we, here we all live in our own little box, and it's not very often in a lifetime that you actually step outside the box to take a look in. That's right. That's right. I spent the majority of my life looking out, mm -hmm. looking at everybody else, blaming everyone else yeah. for my misery, uh, blaming experiences, situations, other people, places, and things. And I learned in sobriety that it has to do with me, that it all has to do with me. And that was a revolutionary thing to learn. How did, how did your, your vision quest for lack of better words, when you were traveling throughout the western United States and into New Mexico, change your spiritual outlook? I basically had no spiritual outlook before I started in sobriety. Mm -hmm. um, and the way in which it changed was, actually right before I got sober, someone gave me the book Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh, and I read that book. And I began to have a belief that there was some type of a higher power or higher source out there that had watch over me, that had my back, so to speak, and um, that everything that was presented to me was a blessing and a gift. And that's what I got from the book. So I went into sobriety with that belief, if you will, just starting. It was just budding. And during the course of sobriety, I was taught to believe that there was a higher power and to turn my life over to that higher power, which I learned to do. And anyway, throughout the process of my traveling, what I did is I did an awful lot of reading of spiritual material. Um, two authors that really stick out are Orion Mountain Dreamer, and Ayanla Van Zant, and, oh, of course, Melody Beatty. And I read these books voraciously, and I also journaled a lot. I spent hours journaling. And all of those things furthered my spiritual nature, if you will. I would imagine that is good for people to get away from everything else and just be with themselves for a while in order that they could put their affairs in order and, and get get to better acquainted with yourself, and it seems that's exactly what you did. It is, and I am 
incredibly grateful and incredibly lucky that I had the opportunity to do that. I mean, financially, things were okay to do that. I was in between jobs. Um, well, actually, I had quit nursing, so I made myself jobless. And I was outside of a marriage, so had no outside influences on me. I'm not going to say it was easy, Rob. It was pretty tough to be by myself at first. In fact, it took me many years before I became comfortable with myself. But I am now. And Caroline, you and I have to take a commercial break with the news. Please stand by. Exo Nation, our very special guest this hour is Carolyn C.J. Jones. She is the author of Opening the Gates of the Heart, A Journey of Healing, www.gatelady.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Carolyn and I return on the other side of the news, so don't go away. Hi, this is Ken Elliott. When I'm floating around the universe, I always try to tune in to Rob McConnell. Hey, ho there, Trinity Frog on Sesame Street. When I want to find out what's going on with UFOs or ghosts, I listen to the X-Zone with Rob McConnell. This is Les Corrigan from Target Internet Development. You're listening to Rob McConnell on the X-Zone radio show. This is John Hogue, Prophecy Scholar, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in the X-Zone. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Nation, Carolyn C.J. Jones is our special guest this hour. She is the author of Opening the Gates of the Heart, A Journey of Healing. Her website is www.gatelady.com. Carolyn, your book, Opening the Gates of the Heart, A Journey of Healing, what was your motivation to write this book? Well, actually, you know, most, most authors have an idea or an experience mm-hmm. that motivates them to write a book. Well, for me, my motivation came after the book was created. I mean, I had no idea that through my journaling and photographing, I was developing a book. 
And that's actually how the book got developed is I started journaling back when I left my marriage. And then I started photographing the gates while I was traveling in the van. And what happened is I injured my dominant wrist in a work injury. Mm -hmm. And so I started writing with my left hand because of the pain it caused in my right. And I can tell you that that really took me by surprise. I found that I was writing these words on the page that were really eloquent, and I didn't know where they were coming from. They were coming from some deep place. I mean, I stopped so many times and asked myself out loud, where in the world did that come from? And, you know, Rob, I think it's important at this point to mention that that's one thing that makes me different from other authors. I mean, it took writing with my non-dominant hand for me to be able to tap into my inner voice. Mm. And, you know, research has shown that um, creativity does come forth when the non-dominant side of the brain is used. So I'm sure that's what I experienced. But at any rate, the words for the prose came from my journals. I found them later uh, in later years after I wrote them. And then the gate photos came into the picture. I actually discovered my gates right before I left on my road trip. So I was still living in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I had just split up from my husband, so I had just left the marriage. And before I went on my trip, I went to a, a neighborhood that I hadn't explored and, and discovered them there. And I vowed if I ever came back to the area that I would photograph them. Well, I found myself back again in 2004 and went to photograph them and couldn't stop. I mean, I shot slides, rolls of slides. I'd get them developed, then I'd critique them, then I'd go shoot more, get those developed, critique those. And I did this for literally weeks. After a while, they began to represent my heart that was closed from life's wounds. Well, by then, I had taken hundreds of images and I ended up choosing about 30, and I made a collection out of them that I decided I was going to sell in galleries. So I titled each image. And um, so I spent time with my gates over here, and over there I was journaling. And then one day I wrote in my journal, I have spent a lifetime spinning webs of terror and shame between the spires which stand as sentinels to my heart. Well, I have to tell you, Rob, that I was utterly flabbergasted because I had just titled an image of one of my gates that had a bunch of spider webs on it mm -hmm. between the spires of the gate. Yeah. I had just titled that Webs of Fear. And these words described that photograph way beyond the visual element. So when this happened, it prompted me to search all of my journals, which I had many, and I found prose which fit approximately half of the images without any change needed. And then I found about a quarter of them that fit the photos with an addition of a line or two. And then I ended up writing verse for the remaining quarter of them. But at any rate, at this point, that's when the idea for the book was conceived. And it was at this point that I got motivated to put the book together. And that motivation has continued for six years. 
you know, basically the book created itself. I was just following my passions and trying to deal with my emotional health and opening the gates of the heart is what came out of it. So it seems that your pictures were actually reflections of your own life. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that uncanny? I'm just wondering how many other people listening tonight around the world actually take photos that they don't take, why they take those photos, but they find a, a strong connection with the photo, and maybe what they're doing is taking pictures of their own lives from the outside in. Wow. That's pretty profound. Why Gates? What was your fascination with Gates? When I saw them, there was a lot of lushness around. Mm -hmm. It was um, shortly at the end of, shortly after our rainy season, and so everything was very lush, very green. The place where I was visiting was very overgrown. There also were a lot of gates with stones and stone patterns, stone walkways, stone posts, if you will, Mm -hmm. that the gates were connected to. And I love stone and stonework, so I was really drawn to that. And I just really developed an appreciation for the workmanship of the iron, you know, the, the craftsmanship. I'm just wondering if there's a connection between the photographs and the gates. And do you know how gates are used to keep something in or keep something out? Right. Right. Yeah. And I was trying to keep myself in and keep others out. Yeah. Amazing. How do, you know, how does your book speak to those people who are out there who are also facing struggles in their lives right now. What can what can listeners learn from you and the experiences that you've had through your book? Well, I think they can learn about, my book will speak to them about um, gentleness. And that gentleness comes through in the prose. I think it will speak to them of compassion. Mm-hmm. And I think that they will see compassion for themselves. And I think they will also begin to see compassion for others. I think it will speak to them in touching base with what's inside, deep inside. Um, I think that they're going to relate to the emotions, to the picture of the misery that I paint from the beginning at the beginning, and it may be a comfort for them to know that someone else was in that same place and that they're not alone. It's kind of that thing that I've heard, which is a pain shared is a pain divided. Mm-hmm. And so I think that people will learn there's a way out and that um, that will give them hope. So it's truly a book of inspiration because if you can do it, they can do it. So you're inspiring people to keep on going because the light at the end of the tunnel is not an oncoming train. It's actually the the light of a brighter tomorrow. You know, that is my um, humble desire, and that is that this book will inspire others to look at their own gates and help break them down because mm-hmm. I mean to tell you that it is an awesome place to live on the other side. I'm tearing up as I say that. But it really is. 
with with all you've gone through, what was the what was the darkest moment for you? That that other people are probably facing today in their lives. The darkest moment was one day when I was in great despair and I st- that's when I started praying to God to let me die. I just couldn't take it anymore. I saw absolutely no reason for God letting me suffer what I had suffered mm-hmm. when I was younger and um, I just wanted to die. As, as a nurse... You care for others. You give others hope. You give others care. You give them yourself. What was it like being alone with no one there to help you at your time of need? Hmm. At first, I was angry at everybody mm-hmm. because they weren't paying attention to me and they weren't consoling me. Um, they were, though. But it didn't meet my needs. And what I discovered was that I had to meet that need. So what it was like was pretty scary. (laughs) And when I finally realized that I was the one that had to meet my needs, Mm -hmm. I mean, that was years into sobriety that I learned that. And it was like a a gate opened. Another gate opened for me. Yeah. You know, I understand that you received a um, an endorsement from someone that we've had on the show, Mike Farrell from MASH, oh, and yeah. he's also a very well-known activist. What what was it like getting an endorsement from someone like Mike? Oh, it was really uh, exciting. I, I should tell you the story of Please how that do. all came yeah. about, if you'd like to hear that. I'd love to. Okay. Well, I was at a writing conference called Writers for Change Mm -hmm. in San Francisco, and Mike was the keynote speaker. And at the end, he said something like, once we can learn to love, value, and respect ourselves, we can love, value, and respect others. Well, I sat there floored because that's exactly what I've been saying is the premise of my book. So I went through the line, and of course, when I got to him, I had to tell him how he was my favorite character on Mass. Of course. <laughs> yes. And, and then, um, then I told him that that's what my book was about. You know, I repeated what he said. And I asked him if he would look at my book to endorse it. And he said, sure, send it on. So it took about a year, but I finally got my prototype to him. Mm-hmm. And he came back with this gracious endorsement. Let let me read it. It's beautiful. This is a lovely celebration of those who have been on the journey and an invitation to those for whom the journey awaits. Isn't that lovely? It is. And you know, you just said something. Once again, using the gates as a metaphor here, when you leave your house and you start a journey, you open your gates. And life itself is a journey. So when we enter this world of ours through the womb 
the womb being the gate, this is when the journey begins. And then the journey ends by us passing through the golden gates. Maybe that's why there's a metaphor and a connection between, you know, the gate factor that we've all heard about in life. And maybe that's why there's the golden gates. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, there seems to be some kind of connection here. That's very interesting. Yeah, I think there really is. Well, and I think as you were saying that, it really struck me because the one gate that I have titled as peace, Mm -hmm. which is the very last gate in the book, is the gate through which I wanted to look at the Golden Gate Bridge and make a calendar and call it Gates of the Gate of the Gates of the Gate is what I wanted to call that calendar. But at any rate, it's interesting that here you are talking about our final gate being the golden gate, and that's my final gate in the book and the one in which I tried to look through and see the golden gate. Synchronicity? I think not. I think there's more to life than just all these synchronistic plots that people talk about. I believe that we're all connected at a very special rate, or a very special place, I should say, that the God factor that so many people talk about is that common string that binds all humans together, whether you're in Russia, whether you're in Australia, whether you're a Muslim, uh, you know, in the in the Middle East, whether you're a Christian in Canada, whether you're uh, a Jehovah Witness, whatever. I, I think that God, this God string, connects us all, and, and it's because of people like you, Carolyn, who come forward with their stories, come forward with what they've gone through and saying, hey, listen, I've gone through this. I know what it's like to be at the bottom looking up at an amoeba, but I'm here to tell you, it's okay. I love it. I totally agree with you, and that's the philosophy that I have in life is that we're all one. Mm-hmm. And... Um, And thank you for acknowledging the strength that it has taken to come forward, because it has. I mean, two years ago, I was terrified to tell my story to the world. And i that was the start of the part of the journey that has allowed me to be speaking to you today. We're glad you're here. Please stand by, Carolyn. You and I have to take our final break. ExoNation, my special guest this hour is Carolyn C.J. Jones. And uh, she is the author of Opening the Gates of the Heart, A Journey of Healing. Her website, www.gatelady.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Life is hard to play. 
Exonation, Carolyn C.J. Jones is my special guest this hour. Once again, the name of her present book is called Opening the Gates of the Heart, A Journey of Healing. Her website is www.gatelady.com. Carolyn, tell me about your second book that you're working on called Gates of Grace. Well, once someone goes through the gates of their heart, they live in grace, at least I have, and the new book will reflect that. Now, um, there will definitely be photos, and they'll definitely be titled, but I don't know yet what there's going to be as far as prose. I might, for example, tell the story behind each gate. Um, I, I haven't been journaling, so I might need to start journaling again to get some more prose. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an interesting concept. Like, why do people put gates up? What are the gates for? To protect someone? To keep someone in? Keep someone out? And if so, what is so special that you actually need a gate? Hmm, interesting. Um, yeah. In closing, Carolyn, what would you like to tell our listeners? Well, I think that many of us live behind locked gates you know, like behind closed doors. And I don't think that we let people see who we really are. I don't think we let ourselves really shine. And I think that prevents us from connecting in deep and really satisfying ways with others and and actually with ourselves. And I think in these cases, it's fear that keeps us from walking through our gates. And, and I also think perhaps that maybe it's not convenient right at the moment to walk through. But at any rate, we don't allow ourselves to walk through the gates, and so we stay behind our closed doors. And, Rob, I think we're really unhappy. You know, here I'm describing myself, as you probably figured out, and yet I did manage to go through the gates of worthlessness and despair and fear and many other gates Mm -hmm. to get through joy and peace. I never dreamed I would reach this spot. but And that's what my uh, book reflects, is the process that I went through to get me from that spot of despair to joy and peace. It changed my life, the process did, and perhaps um, it can change the life of others. Carolyn, where can listeners get a copy of your book? Oh, they can go to my website that you've been saying, www.gatelady.com. They can buy the book. They can look at a book trailer before they buy the book. I also have a video that shows some images um, and reads a, a little bit of prose from the book. And they can also read my blog there. And all this is at www.gatelady.com. Carolyn, I want to thank you so much for sharing with us. Continued success. Congratulations on a great book. And keep on touching those hearts. You're making a great difference. Thank you so much, Rob. Exonation, my guest this hour has been Carolyn C.J. Jones. Her website is www.gatelady.com. And she is the author of Opening the Gates of the Heart, A Journey of Healing. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break after the news as the Exxon continues from our studios in where? Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Suicide is pain.
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.